Welcome to the Run for PRs podcast. This is your host, Victoria Phillippe. The Run for PRs podcast was created to give away the secrets to transform your training to reach your goals. We ask all the expert run coaches and athletes the questions that you've been dying to know the answers to. We will get the inside scoop on what really makes you the best athlete that you can be. Have you ever seen a fast runner and wonder, wow, how did they get so fast? Well, then this podcast is for you. We are going to do a deep dive to reveal the secrets to reaching your potential as a runner. How to breathe while running. Have you ever finished a hard interval during a workout or crossed the finish line of the race and have to catch your breath? When you run up a hill, do you notice that your breathing is labored? We often get asked how to breathe while running and how to improve your fitness to the point where running becomes easier and you're not gasping for air as you go up the hill. So this is actually a question that we get quite often. And so some people listening, maybe they laughed a little bit or they rolled their eyes when they read the title uh, because some people just think, you know, you breathe naturally while you're running and all those things. But we just want to talk a little bit about this topic and why sometimes you're totally gassing out of breath and maybe what is normal, what's not normal. Um, You know, running outside in the cold, that can be something that can cause people to cough after a run or, you know, when you're at the top of the hill, how come when you run up a hill, it's just your breathing is so labored to the point where it's almost like, is this healthy, right? (laughs) Like we're going to talk a little bit about um, what's normal and uh, all of those things associated with breathing while running because I'm sure that we've all kind of had those questions like, am I the only one that's out of breath at the finish line of a race, um, all of those things. So I have with me today, Jason, who is a run coach here at run for prs He's been coaching for over a decade and been running himself for, you know, 20 years now. Um, he's coached the middle school, high school and college athletes, as well as recreational runners, um, and elites in the marathon, half marathon, 5k, 10k, all of the race distances. So I guess just kicking things off with, uh, just some questions about like breathing while running, right? So I know that you used to be a gym teacher for about nine years. So teaching um, in that setting, you're probably exposed to, you know, thousands of, you know, kids um, and students who had to engage in aerobic activities from day to day. So this might be an interesting starting point, just talking about maybe um, how how kids kind of are when they're, they're running around in gym or doing like the presidential mile or um, whatever fitness tests that they have you guys do these days. Um, do you, did you ever remember like kids breathing really heavy or do you ever think that like kids exaggerate like kind of how they breathe or how does it change as you kind of progress um throughout your life wow this is bringing me back now (laughs) thinking about some of those classes where I had you know kids run the mile or the pacer test and yeah it's Um, you see, you see it all, right. You see the kids who seem to have pretty good, um, cardio endurance. So they're, they're the ones that can run the longest or run the fastest or whatever. And then the kids that seem to be really lacking that area, they, they they're the ones that, um, you will see, um, they'll stop early or they will exaggerate or they'll ask for water, um, or they'll need to go breathe fresh air outside if they were inside that sort of thing. I've really, I've really seen it all. And some of those kids do have, you know, they have been diagnosed with asthma, but a lot of them haven't. And so I think it's just a comfort thing. And, um, you know, how, how many times have they put themselves in that experience? 
um, where they're forced to be, you know, working hard, but also connecting like, um, you know, the mind body uh, connection and, and, you know, really, really getting a sense of like, okay, can I just slow down and maintain this or, um, and be okay? Or do I need to just stop? And so that's really the thing is, is, um, the experiences there. Um, but let's kind of get into like how we should be breathing when we're running, right? Cause obviously we want to be inhaling and exhaling using both our nose and our mouth. And so sometimes I'll see kids who just like run with their mouth, like glued shut. And so it kind of looks funny cause you can tell like they're only getting air in through their nose and exhaling through their nose as well. So we want to use both. We want to make sure we're, uh, breathing in deep and steady. Um, we're engaging our diaphragm so that we get maximum, maximum oxygen intake. Um, and that allows us to expel, um, you know, the carbon dioxide quickly as well when we exhale. Yeah, so much that you just covered there. So I think it is really interesting. Um, maybe, you know, some of the people listening are our parents um, and, and you watch like toddlers kind of run around. Um, and sometimes I feel like even just watching, you know, our toddler run around or nieces and nephews, um, sometimes I, I feel like they, they notice that their breathing is getting heavier and they will exaggerate it almost like, like it's a game for them or it's funny. Um, do you ever think that that is the case or do you think it's more of like a, they are actually out of breath and um, like maybe they, is that like a, a sign that they need to, to stop or to slow down? Um, like at that age, obviously, because they're very young, it's probably a little bit different. But do you think that sometimes it just it gets exaggerated, um, when they, they get more fatigued. Cause I know even, not even just kids, but I know sometimes I've, I've watched athletes, um, who are just starting out and sometimes like the breathing, is almost like a little exaggerated. Cause, cause all of a sudden they can go from breathing really heavy. Um, and they could be maintaining the same exact pace, maybe even speeding up. And then all of a sudden their breathing just like goes back to totally sounding normal. So is there ever like a time where sometimes people just, they get inside their own head, you think, with the breathing and it becomes exacerbated? Yeah, I mean, I definitely think there are cases for that. Uh, I'm not going to pretend to be like an expert, you know, someone who would right. be able to diagnose no. kids with that truly no. do have asthma or not. But, you know, as a young kid myself, I remember I was given an, inha- an inhaler and was told I had sports-induced asthma. And I can't even think back to like how, you know, my mom ever got you know, me to even go to the doctor for that. I think it had to do with like in the cold, um, Mm. being out in the cold, like playing soccer is kind of what I'm thinking. Um, or we would do like, um, there'd be like some, you know, community track events, that sort of thing. And I just remember having, um, some problems breathing if it was cold. Um, and I'll tell you a story here in a little bit, but I definitely think that, um, yeah, it, it, it could, you might see it, um, play out differently depending on the kid and they may seem like they're really you know breathing really heavily and then that can turn into normal breathing fairly quickly and then the opposite occurs I think it really depends on like how how um, long it continues once the activity level stops I think that's a really good indicator to tell like okay was it being exaggerated or could it be that their you know respiratory system just isn't quite developed enough to be able to sustain that right yeah I just uh, yeah, it's super important to just understand, like, we're definitely not <laughs> trying to diagnose or say, like, you know, certain conditions don't exist or do exist. But it's just really interesting to think about how um, sometimes the breathing can just get out of, like, that rhythmic breathing or it can become 
like more of an unnatural sort of breathing um, versus more of like the natural breathing. Because sometimes when you think about your breathing more, it, it almost like stresses you out. And so one thing that's really making me think about all of these things in terms of like overthinking your breathing is swimming, right? So I don't know if anyone listening has ever done swimming with like your head in the water and you know how to swim laps, all that stuff um, with the rhythmic breathing. But the first couple of times I swam um, or was trying to teach myself how to swim, I swear it was like the hardest thing I'd ever done because the breathing is so unnatural. And so it's almost like, you know, you're holding your, you're not supposed to be holding your breath, but you're you're breathing out when your face is in the water and then you're, you're catching your breath um, when you tilt it to the side. And it's just, it's so different than being on land, right? So when you're on land, you don't have to worry about how many exhales to how many inhales, any of that stuff. It just comes naturally. But when your face is in the water, like you clearly can't um, breathe in and out whenever you want, right? So you really have to be intentional about that. And, you know, as someone who was a 313 marathoner, when I actually learned how to swim for the first time as an adult, um, I struggled making it down the width of the pool, uh, just 30 seconds of swimming. And it's not because aerobically it was hard. It was more because I couldn't get the breathing down. And so I think it is just really important to understand that breathing can make or kind of break your performance, right? And so for me, when I was in the water, I was kind of like panicky almost. And so I think that prevented me from being able to breathe um, in the way that I needed to because your body's like in fight or flight. You're not getting enough oxygen, all of those things. So Jason, um, do you ever experience that in the pool when it comes to breathing? Do you ever think that that is harder? Because um, maybe that could be an easier way that you can understand like some of the, the breathing difficulties associated with, you know, people who are just starting out with their running. Um, do you mm-hmm. ever struggle with that? Because it, it almost like sh- it's, st- it's stressing you out in the pool sometimes, yeah. right? Yeah, I think because when I started swimming regularly, I had a you know, a pretty good aerobic foundation built over the course of the last 20 years of running. But I, I just feel like the times when I'm noticing that my breathing is being a little bit labored or it's difficult, I'll just need to slow down really and make sure I'm breathing more frequently. Cause obviously that's a different, um, different example as opposed to running, um, when you can kind of breathe whenever you want, but swimming, you have to obviously, you know, plan your, your breathing if you're doing the rhythmic right. and your head's under the water. But, um, for, yeah, for running, I think, I think just trying to keep steady breathing, that's really the key and slowing down, like helping kids understand like, okay, um, really relax your form and just slow way down and don't worry about like the pace. And, you know, um, I've had a fair share of uh, warm up routines with kids in fired classes and even with program, uh, track and cross country kids where we, we just really focus on, on relaxing and trying to keep, keep the heart rate as low as possible and kind of re- uh, relating the two, like the lower the heart rate, your breathing is probably going to be a little bit more um, you know, steady and, and not feeling like it's, it's heavy breathing. So, um, yeah, I think it's just something that can be learned over time and just, um, whenever it's getting to be too intense, just telling yourself it's okay to take, take a, um, cut down the pace or even take a walk break if you need, um, just for like a minute and then start up again. Yeah, definitely. And I think most of the time when you're, you're getting out of breath or getting winded, that is typically the case, right? So it's like, 
you're you're reaching your anaerobic state. It's no longer aerobic, right? You're you're working too hard. You need to slow down the pace. Um, and that's definitely the case most of the time, especially with beginner athletes. Um, if you are struggling with you know your breathing and it and it feels like your breathing is like really exacerbated, chances are it's just like a sign that you need to slow down a little bit more. Um, maybe taking if you're doing an interval workout, it might be you know walking between your reps and making sure. You're not going too fast on your reps. So like when you do an interval workout, for example, just kind of diving into this example, um, how should you feel after each interval, Jason? I mean, like, do you ever, when you finish them, like how long does it take you personally to catch your breath? And obviously it depends on the type of workout and whatnot, but what would you say is typically normal? I mean, even for like college athletes, cause I know you, you coached college very recently. Um, how long does it take for one to really fully recover, catch their breath between an interval? Um, just, just a classic example. Yeah, I would say, you know, two minutes would be about the time and we do longer recovery if, if it's more of an intense like um, repeat, like if it's something at mile pace or 3K pace or something faster, we might do longer rest, like three to four minutes. But two minutes for the most part, you're going to notice the heart rate come down quite a bit and you can do self-checks. Um, but I would say for the majority of workouts, let's say we're doing like 800 meter repeats, um, you know, you want to come through feeling like you could basically run another lap at that pace if you had to, obviously, because um, you're going to be doing multiple um, repetitions of those. So you don't want it to feel like you need the break necessarily, but you're taking the break to allow your heart rate to kind of come back down, mentally get refocused for the next one and the next one. And so, you know, by the time you're on your last one, hopefully I always, I always want to train my kids to, um, you know, run their fastest, the last rep, just so that they're always conserving what they have left in the tank, making sure they're, um, you know, not, not getting too tired. And that can be a little tricky if it is really hot out or it's super cold. I know we're going to talk about conditions here coming up, but those conditions play a huge factor and can, um, can derail a workout if you're not making the adjustments um, needed. So I think that that's a good learning experience to train in those conditions. Yeah, it's definitely interesting when you're doing a track workout because let's say you're doing 400 meter repeats, right? Mm-hmm. At like mile pace or whatever. Um, when you're in that interval rep, obviously your breathing is intense or it's, it's you know, like rhythmic, but it's very like relaxed and then it's not until you like finish that it almost gets worse for a little bit until it gets better or even like finishing the 5k right so you're breathing really heavy and then it's like you would assume that stopping at the finish line like you you get your breath but sometimes it's like oh my gosh like you have to keel over like sometimes you just notice people like hunched over um catching their breath so what do you think that is that causes it almost to be worse for a second or maybe is it just that it's we're noticing it more because we've stopped moving um, than when you're in the actual interval in and of itself. I think um, they're probably reaching a point towards the end of that interval or that race or whatever it is where they're, they're riding that, that, that full anaerobic line. So they're, you know, 99% of their kind of their max heart rate. And so that's what I think it is. It's like the heart is beating close to, you know, max heart rate. And so that's increasing the, um, you know, the, the breathing, the nece- the need for heavier breathing and just kind of maintaining, um, you know, keeping your body, keeping your body like calm. So I think that that's, you can get a good, um, reading of a, of a, of an athlete, especially if you're standing there watching athletes doing workouts and you're, you can kind of see, you can compare athletes to one another. And, um, as a coach, you start to realize like, when do you pull an athlete? Like, do you pull them on the fifth rep, sixth rep, seventh rep, eighth rep? A lot of that's going to depend on 
you know, their, um, their fitness age, that sort of thing, how they're looking throughout the workout. Um, you know, just maybe how stressed they were coming into the workout and are they feeling good, that sort of thing. And so you get a good sense of like when to call it quits for the day. And I think that's the good sign is when they cross the line and they just look exhausted, like they can't, can't do another one. Um, and it's okay to finish workouts, not feeling like, like not feeling like that as well and still getting a really good, um, you know, training effect. In fact, that's how we want to finish. We want to finish like feeling like we could do another one at that same pace if we had to. Right. And I know that labored breathing after an interval, um, it can be really common on the track and when you're training for those short distance races for sure. Um, but you know, I always have a rule for myself when I'm doing marathon specific work. So like, let's say I'm doing a tempo run. Um, it can be really easy to, to feel like your breathing is, is not too labored because you're, you're, you're still able to sustain the pace. But I always have this rule where if I'm done with a tempo or like a threshold and I have to like stop to walk or like stop to catch my breath, that I did it too hard. Like it, mm-hmm. it wasn't a threshold anymore. Um, do you think that that's a good rule of thumb for people to follow where it's like if you have to walk after like physically to catch your breath or it's just like your breathing is so labored um, that it's no longer a threshold because you're working in more of like an anaerobic zone because you're, you're not consuming enough oxygen. And therefore, you know, when you're done with the interval, your body's inclination is to stop and get as much oxygen as possible because with what you just did was without oxygen. Or do you think that sometimes you're still working in that threshold zone, um, and you just need to stop for whatever reason after? Yeah, I definitely think that's a good kind of rule of thumb to to use. And, you know, it may have been that you you were working in the correct threshold zone for like 90% of that, but then you just kind of tipped over into the interval zone, uh, which is a higher percentage of like your max heart rate. And so I, that, that could be what causes you to, you know, have to take that walk breaker to kind of heave over there afterwards. Um, yeah, I definitely would say... I approach workouts the same way if it's going to be, you know, any sort of tempo or marathon pace work. Um, if I'm doing a far leg or something, that's a little different story because sometimes those are a little bit more, un, you know, unplanned and you may push it harder if you're feeling good, that sort of thing. Um, so it really depends on what is the purpose of the workout. Yeah, I think our breathing can really tell us a lot about a lot of different things. So obviously when people say to us or ask us questions like, like my breathing is so labored or how do I get my breathing under control? I can definitely like relate to what they're saying, right? Like we've all been there on a run where like our breathing is just kind of like, whoa, I'm kind of breathing heavy today. So Jason, have you ever noticed, I guess, because this is the one where I find it most confusing and concerning, um, on an easy day or like a super easy recovery run for whatever reason, have you ever noticed like your breathing is just... It's not like it's like super labored, but you notice it. Whereas you're going the same pace as like you were yesterday and you weren't breathing as heavy. And does that ever kind of like annoy you? Because <laughs> you you notice it like, why is my breathing a little bit heavier today than it was yesterday? Even though I'm going slower or whatever. Yeah, I've noticed that before. Um, it could be a lot of factors that go into that. Just maybe overall like... Um, how rest your or how um, you know much stress is going on in your body, and that can sometimes it can take like two or three days after a workout. Um, and if you didn't get a good night's sleep, that could be another factor. Um, maybe running with people versus running 
uh, loan can be a factor as well. Sometimes that makes it feel easier or harder depending on what you're used to. Um, slight elevation changes and wind as well. Um, temperature, humidity, all those factors can play a role. Um, but even, yeah, sometimes the conditions could be very similar. Some days it might just feel harder than others. And that's, I think that's totally normal. It might just be that, um, kind of the day you are, um, after like the previous workout. And sometimes it can take your body time to adjust and adapt. Um, and that just because you feel like crap the day before your next workout or the day before a race does not mean you're going to have a, a bad workout or race. I've even had warmups on race days where they go really poor and crappy and that starts to really affect your, your mindset. Like, Oh my gosh, am I going to even be able to perform today? Cause I felt so awful on a warmup and, um, you know, that's not been the case for me. I've had really good races where the warmup went terrible. So I think it just, it really depends. There's a lot of factors. Um, but yeah, not allowing that to really get to you, I think is really, really important. Understanding that every day could be a bit different. Yeah. Cause I've definitely had easy runs, like going super slow where I'm like, what is going on? Why is my breathing so labored? But I think a lot of that stems back to the fatigue from like a workout um, or, you know, maybe it's one of the first humid days. But generally speaking, if you are fatigued, if your body is fatigued, maybe it's from lack of sleep or stress or obviously workouts or lifting. (laughs) Yeah, that is those things are going to play a huge role into how your breathing is. Um, And obviously you're able to still breathe, but it might just be like, Hey, like I'm noticing my breathing a little bit today compared to what I normally do. And that's, that's a little odd because I'm going really slow. And I know like I've seen you before around like an 830 pace where you're breathing more than me. And I'm like, this is weird, but it just goes to show you like everyone's in their own recovery phase at a different time. And you may be lifted like the day before or like that same day. And so there's just so many things that are going on within our bodies. And I think sometimes like when you start getting in your head about it. So mm. when I think about my breathing too much, like then it's just, it, it just makes it even worse. Cause it's almost like an anxiety induced thing. And so for me, I like to listen to podcasts or music because if I hear my breathing, it just, I can't like focus on anything else for whatever reason. Um, so, you know, Elena, one of our friends, she's always like, why do you like to listen to music? And I was like, I don't, I really don't know. And she's like, Oh, it must like help you relax. And I was like, actually that's exactly why I listen to music because if you know I'm alone with my own thoughts and all of a sudden like it goes my breathing um I don't I'm not able to like relax right Mm -hmm. so I think just having strategies in place for being able to relax because when you are in a relaxed state um your your breathing is able to be a little bit deeper and you're able to you know utilize oxygen better all of those things whereas if you're like stressing out um that's when it gets a little bit harder. And and I think that's really interesting about the warm-ups. Because for me, I know before a race, I kind of get anxious a little bit. And sometimes I think that's why my warm-ups feel like crap. Because I'm like anxious and I just want the gun to go off and I want to be in the race, right? Um, and so that's why sometimes I feel like, whoa, my breathing's heavy on this warm-up. Or I don't feel 100%. And maybe that's what you experience too. Because there's so many like race day nerves. Uh, but then once the gun goes off, it's, it kind of like melts away. But do you ever think that some people like have those like anxiety or like the breathing is even hard during the race? Cause like they're, it doesn't go away when the gun goes off for them. Yeah, uh, definitely. And again, there could be so many factors for that, but I, you know, it kind of made me think of just everyday runs, like how some days you 
Um, if you go from like sitting around to like getting up and going for a run, sometimes that can feel, it can feel hard, like aerobically, like even though you're going easy. Uh, but the days I notice I feel better, I have better workouts are the days where I've kind of been like moving around more and it may not be like a longer warm up necessarily. It could just be like walking more around the house, like going up and down the stairs, you know, like doing the laundry, like doing this chore, that chore. Um, if I drive somewhere and run and I've been sitting around for like 25, 30 minutes and then I get out and I just basically start the Garmin and go, I can, I notice like, yeah, the first mile of, or even first like two miles, it feels a lot harder. I might, might be breathing heavier. So, um, well, I think, you know, relax, being relaxed is a good thing for your mental purposes because it allows you to focus, but you also want to kind of ease into it and get the blood flowing. I think that can really help the runs feel a little bit easier. Um, especially in like colder weather, because I've noticed, I'll tell you this story back when I was in college, um, we had a regional race one year in November. So it was super cold. Um, I probably didn't warm up as much as like I would now for races. I probably only went for like, I don't know, 10 to 12 minute warm up, did a few strides at the start and went boom, gun went off. Well, that sometimes is hard to do, to go from running like seven, seven thirty pace in the cold. You're just trying to kind of get warm. And then all of a sudden you're going to start race pace. And that's like five twenty pace from the gun. Well, what happened was this was a five mile race in cross country. I started to get a really bad side ache um, about three miles in, uh, two and a half, three miles in. And it just like would knock away for like 10 minutes. And um, my pace slowed down a lot. It probably went from like 520 to 540. And it was just a bad side stitch basically. And what, what it ended up being was like um, air was probably trapped in my diaphragm or I wasn't able to like really uh, utilize my entire like respiratory for deep breathing. Um, so I, I, I kind of had this happen in the past, so I knew I needed to focus on really deep breathing to kind of help inhale and get air down there and then exhale deeply as well to get air out. Um, so I did a few of those like drills mid-race, um, kind of worked on kind of running with my, my right arm up higher just to allow that air to get in. Um, and it went away. And all of a sudden, with a mile to go, the side stitch went away. I was able to really like throw it on my last mile. I ended up being five minutes flat. So I just remember that race because it was such like a, uh, a tale of like two feelings where I felt God awful for a while. But as soon as that like went away, it, it felt like the weight had been lifted. Um, and so that was kind of a, something that I learned to deal with in future races and more mainly like prevent in cold weather temps. And I had a lot of athletes at the high school and college level who experienced similar side stitches and side cramps. And so we would do a lot of like breathing exercises to help kind of prevent that um, from occurring in the future. So if you're someone that suffers from those side stitches, um, you know, that could be part of it is like you're, you're having issues like with the diaphragm. And so we want to work on some deep breathing exercises, um, to help prevent that. And that can just be spending five minutes laying on your back or standing up tall, um, you know, with good posture, maybe raising your arms up higher, your elbows, even your head. And then you're just focusing on really deep breathing. Um, but yeah, that was kind of a story that I thought of as we started talking about, um, the breathing topic, just because, um, it sucks when it happens during like a tough workout or a race because it can really affect the outcome. So you want to prepare for conditions like that, especially if you're not used to running in the cold. No, that was a really good story and good advice. So I knew that there was going to be like something like this that came out of this podcast. And, you know, it does really affect everyone in some point in their running career. I think we all kind of have experiences where it's like, whoa, lack of oxygen, I can't breathe sort of situation. And it's good to know, like really practicing the deep diaphragmic breathing can can go a long way. And I think, you know, it's important to 
be able to get as much much oxygen as possible um, for, you know, performance wise. And obviously, you know, if you're in the elements, um, things just start to happen that are different than if it's perfect running weather out there. So when we talk about humidity and dew point, um, it's harder to breathe in humidity. And so that's something that you have to take into consideration. And, you know, even if you do the diaphragmic breathing and all of that stuff in high humidity temperatures, you may still need to slow down the pace because there's just not enough um, oxygen in the air to, you know, be able to train at the same paces and all that stuff. So when you're also training in the cold, I think that's this is really... Obviously, people struggle in the heat. We know that. But in the cold, too, like you were saying, it's something that people struggle with. And I know for me personally, I am like such a freeze baby, right? Like I get cold if it's like 60 degrees outside. So for me, when the temperatures drop below 40, I notice that my body starts to tense up because I am cold, even if I am wearing a lot of layers and, you know, I've had massage therapists like ask me like, are you, you know, shivering when you're running because your shoulders are so tight and that must be like the reason. Um, And then I noticed when I was running, like I'm tense, I'm tight. And not only that, it's like your breathing's a little bit more shallow because of that. And if you're shivering at the same time, it's like you're using all that energy and how deep can you really be breathing if you're that cold? And so it's really important to think of all of these factors when you're training. And it could be really easy to go outside on a really cold day and just say, oh, it's so hard to breathe. Like I can't breathe and that, and then just chalk it up to be that. But I think kind of looking at other things that might be going on as well within your body. Um, Because usually if the shortness of breath is a symptom of something else, you know, like maybe you're running too fast, maybe you didn't warm up adequately, maybe the breathing, just you're not diaphragmic breathing. Um, So many different things could be going on. So it's important to kind of check the temperature, make training adjustments when needed, maybe making sure like you're wearing appropriate clothing. Um, Because maybe for me, sometimes like I underdress. And so that first mile, I may feel like, geez, my breathing's really heavy, but it's because I'm like shivering. Um, So if I just layer up a little bit more, I'm not shivering that first mile. It's not, you know, making me shiver um, and I'm able to breathe better. And then I can always take off that layer if I get hot later. Um, So there's just so many things that go into play there. Do you ever have runs in the winter, Jason, where you like feel like it's hard to breathe or maybe when you're done running like you cough because I think this is another question that sometimes I get like after those really cold runs you come back inside and all of a sudden like you're coughing what is that yeah I definitely have had that before um that that's very common especially as your body's getting used to the the colder temps um first few runs for sure um I think it's just kind of the the dry air and, and lack of humidity in the air getting into your lungs and it can just be, um, you know, take some getting used to. And after some time, hopefully it starts to go away. I know sometimes when you um, start doing indoor like track workouts, you get the same type mm-hmm. of feeling where it just tastes really weird. And um, it can be it can be hard to get our lungs used to it. Uh, but like anything, um, your body will adapt. I think 
the only time where I've been been actually doing a run outside in the cold where I feel like, whoa, this is getting like really hard to breathe. It's it's basically been in those days where like the wind is right at your face and you can't really escape it. And it kind of causes you, I'm, I'm assuming your heart rate to skyrocket because you're your body's kind of like in a panic mode where it's like, oh, this is like survival now. It's not just about just, it's not about maintaining your pace. It's about like getting through this um, and getting back safely. So yeah, there's been a few times where that happens um, where you're out in, you know, middle of nowhere and it's super freezing cold and all of a sudden the wind hits you. But um, otherwise I'll just, I'll tend to slow down. I know sometimes in those situations you want to speed up because you don't want to be out there as long. So that's the other thing is like, you know, your mind might be telling you one thing and your body's telling you another. And so just trying to get through it is, is the key. But um, I think sometimes what's best is to just keep your breathing as steady as possible, slow down, because that's going to help your, your heart rate kind of come down or stay stable at least. Yeah, definitely. In those cold temperatures, I am not able to run as fast for sure. It starts to impact your fitness. And so just making those adjustments. And like you were saying how sometimes just the wind takes your breath away. Even if you're just walking your car sometimes um, in the cold, it's enough to take your breath away. So just keeping that in mind when when you're running in those super cold temperatures that, you know, the wind and all the things kind of take a factor. And are you tensing up? Like think of all the little cues you can say to yourself to kind of help relax. But with um, like the coughing after a run, if it, if it's really cold, I think, you know, that's something that, that I've definitely experienced before. And I know the first couple of times I was like, Oh my gosh, no, I'm, I'm getting sick because I ran outside in the cold. And I think that's like a common misconception. Um, you know, cause when you're exercising outside in the cold, you're actually, you know, your, your body temperature is very high because you're, you're working out, you're dressed appropriately. It's not until, you know, after you're done where your core temperature would start to, get lower and you're out there in the elements that it would become an issue. And so they always said, you know, when you're done with your run, just make sure you you go back inside right away, take your wet clothes off, shower, and you'll be totally fine. So there's no like scientific proof anywhere out there where exercising in the cold is going to give you a cold or make you sick. Um, So I think the biggest thing that I've noticed um, running outside and then coming back and experiencing maybe like more phlegm or coughing, it's generally related to me at least, like more of like a phlegm thing. So if I'm coughing, it's one of two reasons. Number one, it's because outside, very dry, cold air, right? Like if you have been breathing in air that is 10, 20 degrees for the last however many minutes, um, and there's like no humidity, it's stagnant, and you come inside and all of a sudden you're breathing in 60 degree air, that is a big shift to the temperature of the air that your lungs are breathing in. And because it's so drastic, so suddenly, your initial reaction, your lungs might be like, whoa, and some, you might just have to cough a little bit. Um, but usually it'll you know, tone down and, and get better within a couple of minutes. Um, just because it is such a drastic change. And then the other thing that happens, I think, is like the phlegm. So some people are like more, you know, phlegmy than others. I don't think that you really have very much phlegm. Um, I am someone that like I just get a lot of it sometimes. So what I notice about running outside is it does kind of cause a little bit more mucus production for me. Um, you know, I'll get like that runny nose, like as soon as the temps are below 60, like my body just, I don't know, it, it just has some changes that happen. Um, and then exercising in those temperatures kind of 
produces a little bit more. Um, and then I feel like when I do come back inside, um, the cough might be more of like a in my throat sort of thing because of the mucus that's going on. So I think just being aware of like what type of cough is it and then um, seeing if there's anything that's that can help with you know, reducing those side effects. Cause I do think to some extent, like if it's really cold outside, you know, below 20, um, a little cough here and there, like when you come back in might be normal. Um, but I think it is a sign, you know, if it's lingering for a couple minutes after, um, longer than that, it might just be that you ran too fast outside. Cause I know anytime we've done a race when it's really cold, that, I mean, it's like for a couple hours after we're like, (laughs) right. So it just might be the intensity factor might need to kind of take it down a notch. Um, and then you'll kind of notice that it's not a big problem. Cause I know it is, it is a little worrisome. I think when you're done with a run and it's cold outside and you're just like, you cough for however long afterwards, but it just, it's a factor of intensity, I think. And a lot of it does have to do with like the lung phlegm um, in, in the back of your throat more so than in your lungs, right? Um, so do you have any last minute advice or have people ever asked you this question before and usually like what's the simplest answer? Yeah, I mean, for me, it, it all kind of comes down to like effort, right? When we run, we want to be able to um, sustain a certain pace or sus- run run for a certain time. That's typically what we're doing, right? So um, we need to assess like what what effort should we put forth to be able to um, you know run for that time and it, obviously we may have to adjust if conditions are a certain way so we want to slow down and just really just make it make our breathing as steady as possible throughout um, and so for people that like to look at heart rate I guess that's a good tool but I would say just kind of go off of effort like you know it should feel like about a five on a scale of um, one to ten for like an easy run that sort of thing. Um, you know, your tempo runs, they should not feel like a nine, um, out of 10. You don't want to, we talked earlier about, um, a good, a good method for, um, assessing to make sure you're not going too fast on those. So you want to just be, keep thinking about like that effort scale and it should feel like a seven, maybe an eight if you're doing some harder threshold training. But typically that's kind of what we want things to feel like, um, just kind of go off effort. The breathing will hopefully take care of itself. Um, and it will, um, you know, mature over time, I guess is a good way to put it. Um, the more experiences you get running in certain conditions, um, the more efficient your respiratory system and whole cardiovascular system will become. Definitely great advice. So training at the right paces will go a long way in avoiding this and just working on, you know, relaxation, deep breathing, meditation. You know, if you're someone who has a little bit more anxiety when it comes to, you know, running or breathing, just figuring out a way to be able to relax. So maybe that's listening to music, a podcast, audiobook. Um, maybe it is running somewhere where there's like less cars and you're not as worried about, you know, getting hit by a car or something, right? So going in, in a more secluded area or a running specific trail, um, those sort of things can can go a long way in helping you just relax. And so the biggest key there, obviously, is slow down, relax, um, and then focusing on just like meditating, breathing, those sort of things. Um, so hopefully this podcast was useful because I always think, you know, sometimes people, they don't know that, you know, even 
even people who are very experienced runners sometimes will get out of breath um, on a run or, you know, how does it, how should you finish a race, right? And usually when we're doing a race, we finish and we have to catch our breath for a little bit. Or if we're doing a track workout, definitely is normal to have to stop and feel like you're a little bit out of breath. Um, and, and those things can be normal within, within reason when you're working on those anaerobic paces. Um, so just an interesting topic and hopefully you got something out of it. Um, if you're ever interested in getting set up with a free seven day trial, making sure that you're training at the appropriate paces for you. We would love to get you connected and set up with some workouts um, in just a week for free. So if you fill out the form at www.runforprs.co, we can get you set up working with a coach and training with us for a week for free. Thanks for tuning in.